All right, we are back. Episode 10. Um, this one, I have no idea how it's going to go. Um, so I'm with my buddy, Matt. We're still back home, uh, obviously following off of last week's episode. And uh, this one could really go a lot of ways. Um, but I'll go ahead and introduce my guest. Like I said, this is Matt. Um, I've known him since, well, actually, we met through my stepbrother. Oddly enough. Oddly yes. enough, you guys went to high school together. And uh, wasn't the same high school that I went to. And um, just An even smaller town, if you can imagine that. Right. You're just up the road a little bit. And um, I'm trying to think the first time I actually met you. I was thinking about that earlier today, honestly. And, and I, I, I honestly I can't pinpoint it. Um, but regardless, it kind of, we've kind of gotten to a point now to where you and I kind of stay in touch a little more. Well, that might not be true, but we probably like hang out more than, than you and him do at this point. Um, yeah, for obvious open reasons. that over there. Fuck. All right. It's fine. Um, honestly, we're probably at a point now where like you and I probably hang out with more than you two do just because of all the shit that he's got going on in his life. Yeah. But, um, we've, uh, known each other probably for like fairly well for five years now, I'd say. I would say we've been hanging out for that long. Yes, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and, um, honestly, we started getting closer when you and my stepbrother just kind of had like your own apartment over the summer in town. Do you how it works, you know? You can do a lot more shenanigans when you're not living with your parents and whatnot. Right. And, you know, when we got to that point, like, <laughs> we were going out and just trying to find anything to do um, that we possibly could. Because, like, we're from a place where there's not a lot going on. Really, the only thing to do, unfortunately, is kind of, like, drink, hang out with your friends. A lot of people just hang out in, like, their fucking parents' garage and drink with their buddies. Oh, my God. Play music, play fucking beer pong in the garage. If you could find state land to burn a tire, there'd be fucking 50 people there. <laughs> like that's, that's just, very true that's a north country party scene it's just abysmal so like we got to know each other through <laughs> that kind of shit and um you know we've kept in touch ever since we obviously um you know both going to college he graduated a year ago no not a year ago six months ago almost a year ago yeah may 2020 yeah so like six months ago and um i'm still obviously in school getting ready to wrap up and um you know we try and Try and find a way to like go and see each other every once in a while. We were about an hour and a half away from each other as far as our colleges are concerned. And um, like I said, just kind of kept in touch ever since. So is, uh, I mean, is there anything else that you, as far as like how we know each other? Not really. That's good enough. I don't know. We just, we like to have a good time. We like to have a good time. So um, <clears throat> you got to stop tapping your foot, first of all. Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the microphone's gonna pick it up and the camera's gonna pick it up. <laughs> but um, I think the the first thing that we should get into is like your your current career plans, right? So like that is something that you're doing that's traditionally not a very like sought after thing. I feel like it's a very niche kind of career path to follow. And um, I feel like even when you were going into college, it wasn't necessarily like you didn't know that's what you wanted to do, right? So I'll just let you go ahead and kind of like talk about what it is you're doing, what your future plans are. Um, and kind of just, you know, maybe to like describe it to people that wouldn't be too familiar with it. You're still so, fucking tapping your foot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put your feet on the ground <laughs> if it's going to be an issue. Jesus. <laughs> I just always do that shit. Um, <clears throat> so I invest. I would say in the more of the realm of speculative finance. So it's not the traditional passive investing where it's like, let's diversify this portfolio. We have stocks, bonds maybe some options, derivatives, et cetera. Um, this is a lot more active. It's day trading. 
I don't like to say that a lot because oftentimes it comes with a bad connotation. Right. Um, a lot of people do it nowadays. Therefore, a lot of people lose money. But at the end of the day, there are people who make a career out of it. It is possible to succeed. They've been doing it since probably, at least as I know of the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, but I specifically trade foreign exchange. Um, it's the biggest market out there. The stock market, the US stock market pales in comparison in terms of size, liquidity. Um, it's a lot more predictable, at least when it comes to my sort of investing. Um, so I've been doing that for three years. I started my sophomore year in college. I met this friend at a party. <laughs> I had him on Snapchat. And then one day on his Snap story, I saw like, learn how to invest and make money, <clears throat> which is one of those multi-level marketing things, pyramid schemes, yeah. as people call them. Um, but the one way it legally wasn't a pyramid scheme was by actually selling a product. The product was a toolkit learning how to invest. Uh, day trade. I remember this actually now. Yeah. So for a while, I was trying to get people to sign up because obviously if I had people sign up, I would make money. Right. But I simultaneously got into the investing part of it and realized, well, I could A, work for this company, <clears throat> which is relatively finite, or I could just learn how to invest on my own accord, which would basically allow me to function on any market because basically the market doesn't change right um so i started doing that i broke away from the company eventually just to learn how to trade on my own Mm -hmm. uh it was me and two buddies in college we ended up starting a club for trading and then eventually they transferred some of them one of them dropped out just to trade full time um but now flash forward maybe three years Uh, I'm working towards trading for a proprietary firm is technically what it's called. Basically, it's just a way of saying an entity that holds investor money. And if you're a good enough investor, trader, whatever, they will allocate some of that money to you. You try to grow it. So it's a two-phase test. I passed Mm -hmm. phase one. I'm in the process of passing phase two, which is substantially easier than phase one, two. And at that point they will give me a hundred thousand dollar account and then I'll just grow it from there. Um, and the great thing about the investing world is you can just continue to reinvest your profits, whether it be into the same market or maybe the stock market, Mm -hmm. et cetera. But with this, I'm planning to just take my monthly profits, put into my own account, continue to reinvest in by just compound interest. Eventually it'll grow much faster than just, uh, the company alone, I guess mm-hmm. you'd say. Absolutely. So one of the things you touched on, I think, like, I, I feel like a lot of people are kind of like familiar with the traditional stock market, right? And I know for me, when you first started talking about this whole Forex trading thing, I didn't really have a, a very good grasp of what that was. I knew there was obviously primarily based off of like currencies, foreign exchange, you know, the currencies that exist between different countries. Um, like, how would you explain that to somebody that has like no idea of what the hell Forex is, like in really simple terms? Okay. I mean, I'm thinking back to how I explained it to my parents first. That's it, probably the best way you could explain it. It was basically like, hey, when you go to Canada, you could stop at maybe a duty-free or something like right. that, someplace where they exchange uh, cash. You give them 100 US dollars, they give you maybe mm, 133, mm-hmm. something along those lines. That's basically the foreign exchange. 
um, the rate differs mm -hmm. uh, at minute levels, like a hundredth, thousand, thousandth of a uh, decimal mm -hmm. or of a penny, I guess you could say. So when you combine that with leverage, which is basically brokers, banks, mm -hmm. et cetera, will lend you money to trade like higher amounts. <clears throat> that's basically what day trading is in an essence. Um, what was the question again? No, I was just trying to like have you explain, like give everybody a better idea about okay. the Forex is because yes, it's, yes. it's not as popular and it's not as yes. well talked about yes. as, as like the stock market. Well, I guess because mainly there's nobody really passively invests in Forex. Okay. Whereas passive investing is so popular because it's relatively easy. I mean, you find good stocks or rather good companies that are going to continue to perform well within the next 20 years or so. Mm -hmm. um, and you just stick with it. You ride the wave, whether there's a crash or not, <clears throat> eventually, as people say, the stock go does go up. Right. With foreign exchange, it's bye, bye, bye. exactly. There's a lot of central banks. There's even the own country's well-being. So many different factors that can influence it. And it's not mm -hmm. just like the currency has a natural propensity to go up. Right. It can go anywhere. A number of different yes. ways. It's yeah. unpredictable, essentially. Well, for the not most entirely part, unpredictable, but for the most part, it's unpredictable. Yes. There's a lot of variability. In it, yes. In other words. Um, so that's basically that's basically the gist of it. It fluctuates at a very tiny level, and what we do is trade off of those uh, levels. Um, specifically, though, like for instance, if I was looking at my computer, mm -hmm. I'd be looking for patterns. Just there is continuity in the market, even at such a tiny level. Mm -hmm. People often don't think that's the case, but I mean, if you spend enough time looking at it, you will continue to see the same things going on patterns with a little bit of variation, but at least enough similarity to profit off of it. <clears throat> for sure. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I feel like for a lot of people, it's still like a tough concept to grasp. Um, and like you're trying to explain it, but I feel like, you know, if you're really going to try and understand this stuff, you're going to have to spend a little bit of time looking into it. Um, obviously the whole idea of foreign exchange, well, Currency differences basically is is the primary, you know, factor behind this. Um, but you know, if it's something that you're truly interested in, you're probably gonna have to spend a little more time than I think you would just trying to get involved in the stock market, because we're at a point now in time where like people can just download Robinhood, right? You know, link their bank account and they can be, you know, within minutes buying stocks. Um, and that's I feel like that's not really the case with forex, and if it is. Not a lot of people know about it. Um, so like, what, what would you, what are your thoughts on that? No, that's not <clears throat> like when it comes to stocks, as I said, I mean, passive investing is usually the way to go. It's mm -hmm. just, I mean, even slightly more active investing, it's just the idea of buying and holding for the future. Right. Um, whereas day trading, I mean, that's the complete antithesis of that. Right. It's in and out multiple times a day. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, certainly there's a lot more, I guess you could say research going into that. Whereas for instance, when you learn like upper division finance, it's basically you learn about optimal portfolio diversification where it's like, yeah, you have to have this much percentage devoted to stocks, speculative right. stocks, then there's bonds, 
safer assets that aren't going to accrue as much, but it's also a lot less risk. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very easy to learn that, I guess you could say, proportion. Um, but when it comes to day trading, it's like you have to learn how the market moves itself by formations, market structure, timing. It, it's something you have to just expose yourself to eventually. And that's the only way you're going to see it. Otherwise, it's like you're just looking at just lines okay. going in all different directions. You right. have no idea what's going on, basically. All right. So there's a lot that has, that has to go into it. Realistically. Yeah, say the it's, least. it's not just a, a, a real simple plan. Despite what people make it seem like, because a lot of people like to brag online, like, oh, I, fucking, oh, yeah. I day trade stock. I bought Apple the other day and I gained 10 bucks. Yeah. It's like, listen, buddy wait three years he's going to be down 750 bucks and living in his mom's basement like (laughs) that's fair so we kind of touched upon your you know your immediate plan what hopefully is going to happen in the next several months to year but assuming everything goes exactly how you want it to go um let's talk about what your plan is 10 years from now basically your 10-year plan and your future your end goal i guess you could Mm -hmm. say what what does that look like so i guess i'll start a little bit before that. Okay. Um, this is just based off of projected account growth. I should be able to hit 1 million profit by, I think, two years, if my calculation okay. is correct, something like that. And I, that is slightly hopeful, but it's still just as long as I get this 10K account by the next What would you time. say would be the low end? Like, million is hopeful. Low You're end? Being a little six figures. About it. Six figures is the absolute low end. I should have six figures by within a year easily. All right. I'll race you there. All right, buddy, let's go. It's uh, I mean, it's slightly, it's basically just based on the assumption that my trade setups will continue to work as they had, because beyond that, it's not even hopeful. It's just, I make this much a week on average, mm-hmm. multiply that by how many weeks out account for a couple bad weeks. Boom. That's a, it's a projected growth. Um, okay. But so that's one to two years out from now. Yes. Yes. And, um, and then, so building upon that, looking towards that 10 year goal, what are you thinking? As I said, I'll continue to reinvest my other, um, profits that I get from that company, Mm -hmm. but eventually I will look to, so these proprietary firms, they're not just online. There's oftentimes Mm in-person proprietary firms, such as like hedge funds are, they're basically the same thing, more or less little tweaks, but um, I know of a couple of them that'll fund you with up to a million dollars, whereas this company only funds you up to 300,000. Mm. They're just a smaller company, whatever. Right. So I'll look to get into that. And by then one to two years, I'll build my trading reputation, my trading rapport. I'll have like an actual record of in my transactions, I guess you could say. Um, do that for a couple of years. And obviously along the way, see, it's not just I day trade. As I said, I, I speculate. I function in the realm of speculative finance, which basically means I like to look for high reward, infrequent opportunities, such as market crashes. Like if I would have been as knowledgeable as I was now, I would have tried to capitalize on the potential of the market crash prior to the coronavirus. But right. you live and you learn. <laughs> Hit the next one, I guess. Exactly. Um, work to function on that. I don't really... I'm not really sure what the economic conditions are looking like 
for the next while. If there's a crash, I'll be ready for it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I was also thinking potentially starting my own hedge fund slash proprietary firm. Okay. Um, just because the way I day trade is very, very esoteric. Not many people know about it. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot lesser known in the community. So I'd like to get a get a group of like similar minded individuals. And I feel like if you can apply that together, you, know, you could probably you might have your own things. little pyramid scheme kind of thing going. If you play your cards right, fuck that shit. <laughs> we'll just be robbing the markets if anything, not yeah. robbing individual humans. Well, that's something. So if everything goes completely according to plan, aside from just like what your career would look like, you know, where would you like to be as far as like located in the country? Like what kinds of things would you also like to be dabbling in? You know, if everything yeah, goes according to plan. Certainly. Um, so definitely I'm not planning on staying in upstate New York for much hmm. longer. Thankfully. I Hallelujah. I wonder why. Finally get out of this fucking place. Um, I'm planning to either go to California or old PD over here is trying to convince me to go to Nashville. I mean, why not? <sighs> Definitely wouldn't be bad. I mean, the shenanigans would be absolutely unbelievable. I mean, this is the best time to have like ultimate shenanigans. We finally have like money to fuck around however we want. I know, right? And also their tax policies are pretty right, Way good. better than fucking New York. Pretty good. But even but, if you didn't move to Nashville, like still talking like end goal absolute dream scenario what do you do yeah so definitely living somewhere warmer for sure yeah um and i have to deal with the bullshit winter yeah i mean that's fucking huge i hate the winter so much definitely i mean by then if everything works out i will have accrued a good amount of wealth Mm -hmm. which i believe that i'm like intelligent enough to be able to solve some sort of major issue that may arise homelessness kind of intrigues me a little bit oh my god because i feel like it's a very simple problem that if you just applied enough time to it you'd be able to fucking you'd be able to figure out some way to at least reduce the population by a good amount or at least prevent it because i feel like a lot of homelessness is due to simple like financial illiteracy people taking on debts they don't know about just not understanding the concept of saving perhaps so i feel like Something like that, something more meaningful. Cause I'm going to like the way I look at it, I'm going to have this money. I'm going to be retired at a very early age. What am I going to do? I could sit around and fucking play golf all day and yeah. just become fat and eat cheeseburgers. Or I could like use what I think is a given, you know, like intelligence towards something better, I guess. Something, something useful, something that can yeah. benefit more than something just practical. Yeah. And also I do like the sort of intellectual challenge. Right. That would come with like perhaps solving a major issue such as that mm-hmm. homelessness just one example of course um along the way i'd also like to educate myself i guess i mean in terms I, of what i do like learning like school no, is school is a very it's hard to say that you like school because it's just like the dynamics of it are very tough but when right. it comes to actually like teaching yourself interesting topics that you think are cool right that's well that's part of the problem is like school like high school, for example, mm-hmm. you're being taught things that you don't really have a say in. It's just like the traditional, everybody's going to learn this. So you yeah. have a, a, like a broad understanding of all these things that everybody else does in the state, everybody else does in the country. It's like, you don't have a choice in that. And then even when you get to college, to some extent, at least like if you pick a major, your first two years are based primarily off of just like fundamental classes that everybody has to take. 
And it's like, if people can't do well in those, we'll just fucking kick you out. And then maybe your last two years, your last three years, then you're starting to get into like the specialized classes that have to do with what your major is, that have to do with what you actually want to do in the future. Um, but outside of that, a lot of the stuff that you're being taught isn't relevant to like your genuine interests. Yeah. And, like that's where I feel like, you know, especially for me in the last two, three years is like, even just learning about how to do fucking podcasts, like learning more about content creation, learning more about the stock market, learning more about like fitness, nutrition, wellness. Like before I came to college, none of this stuff was on my radar. Mm -hmm. But as I've spent more time learning these things, I found out that I kind of have an appetite for learning new things. No, right. Cause like, yeah. like literally none of these things were on my radar. Like I said, at all. No, I, before I, I started college. And, and now yeah. it's like, I'm so glad that I decided to take the time to pursue these things on my own. And, you know, I'm like a shell of the person I used to be because of some of this time that I've taken to learn new things. And that, that ties into exactly what you're saying is like, if you are successful and you make all this money, you retire early. It's like that, that shouldn't be it. Like there should be something else. Like you should always yeah. be striving for something else. Well, it's and, not just that, like the, once you go through the process of, I guess, like becoming an entrepreneur of becoming successful. And mm -hmm. I say like, I like to group, like for instance, like making it D1 in basketball. And let's say scoring a job with like a major bank, Goldman Sachs. Mm -hmm. Like those are like, in my eyes, it's the same thing. It's like this level of like success that is so big that it's only achievable by that like process of just like grinding for like ridiculous hours. Like, I don't know, Michael Jordan. Right. You get what I'm saying though? It's like, yeah, an obscene amount of work exerted at a much higher amount than like the other individuals. Basically um, like nothing worthwhile comes easy. Right. Yes, exactly. Like that's basically like we just glorify these actors and these singers and we're like, Oh my Athletes, God, they're, yeah, they're um, so talented. Like, and there no. is like a tiny portion of people that just fucking make a TikTok that goes viral because they're well, yeah. decent looking. Maybe but you got lucky. Yes. Aside from that, for most people, that's not, that's not the case. That's not where they became successful. That's no. not where they made a fuckload of money. No, they're not like, throwing their ass in a fucking right. circle or flashing their tits on TikTok. No. <laughs> These guys like, like legitimately the majority of individuals who are successful at that level. I mean, they just worked a shit ton. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> eventually once you learn that, it's very practical, I would say, because I mean, above all else with this day trading stuff, I haven't also, I've not only learned how to deal with the market conditions, but I've also learned like the process of like being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Like once you just stick to something for long enough, eventually you're going to get it. It's right. inevitable. I mean, my God, that's why I've always said like, I'm never going to quit trading because Eventually, I know whether it's five years down the road, 10 years, I'm going to get it. And then from right. there, it's just going to be. Like that grind could potentially suck ass and be terrible. And you might not find yourself in the best financial situation within the first two, three, four, maybe even five years. But like if you stick with it, literally the sky's the limit. So. Yeah. And let's compare that to, let's say, a nine to five job. <laughs> you get a nine to be five careful. job. I know, I know. But it's it's only facts, though, because you work eight hours a day, minimum. Some people work up to, I don't know, 12, maybe. Yeah, I'm kind of eight, but anyway. And uh, you do that for how many years until you retire? Let's say 40 or something like that. Like, it's, it's basically the decision of a lot of hard work up front 
and then just a free life with the entrepreneurship or it's like a dragged on fucking torture mm -hmm. for 40 years and i mean whatever some people have different preferences but in my mind it's like the obvious choice is find a career go ham at it for a little bit make enough money where you're living the free life because then for the rest of the time you can do whatever you want we're not mm -hmm. meant to work for eight hours a day like that just seems a little bit wrong but yeah. people oftentimes take a, a different track on that they're not right. saying you know become an entrepreneur they're like fuck the whole system that is a majority of people honestly and for some people you know that is that's all right like that's what they're looking for. And there are some people out there that enjoy that nine to five kind of gig. And obviously like being an entrepreneur, is not the lifestyle for everybody. But I mean, if you kind of look at the people that tend to enjoy what they're doing the most and the people that tend to like be, you know, fairly more successful than the average person, um, a lot of those people kind of pursued a passion. You know, one of the things we talk about a lot on this and just stuck with it even when people were telling them that you're stupid this is never going to work this is a waste of your time like they continue to stick with it through all that shit. and you know on the other side they came out a winner they came out successful they came out you know to a point to where people those same people that were saying like this is a stupid fucking idea were saying oh like how did you do that and you know sending dms being like hey could you like could you help me out with this or like could you reshare my post on this or like you know, sponsor my business or, you know, that kind of shit. So a lot of it, I think too, is like a mental game. Oh dude. It's like, it's that's huge. honestly not even a little bit of it. Like most of it is a mental game. No, I, I completely agree. Like it's, it really, the whole process of going through something like this for such a long time, you learn a lot about yourself and just yeah. a lot about, I guess, certain tricks you can use throughout life you just get a better outlook on things, mm -hmm. I guess, because it's, it's always good to go through struggle. You always come out a lot stronger, I would like to think. Right. Um, fucking a <laughs> No, we're just talking about like in general, like how um, typically like the odds be stacked against somebody in a situation yes. where like, you know, there's yes. a bunch of people talking shit about what you're doing. There's yeah. a bunch of people saying like it was a waste of your time. But when you come out on the other end, all of a sudden everybody wants to try and like, you know, use you to try and propel themselves in whatever they're doing, whatever yeah. they're pursuing, they're ask just, for sponsorship, yeah. you know, whatever it may be. They're trying to ride the wave. Yeah. When, yeah. Exactly. I, ride I the wave. I mean, in my mind, that's just the, the, I guess, path of an entrepreneur that's to be expected. And that's mm -hmm. why like oftentimes, cause I mean, my dad, my dad's side, they don't know a lot about like finance, I guess. So when I say like, yeah, I'm going right. to do this, for a career he's like that's there's no way it's like a foreign concept like yeah. it's like you're literally speaking fucking a different yeah. language to it's them. not it's almost not even like saying no you're you'll never do that it's almost like he has no idea that that's even like a, a conceivable thing. thing yeah yeah and i've had that my mom obviously didn't really believe in it for a while um i even had a professor who speak <laughs> speak of the devil <laughs> even had a professor she worked at Merrill Lynch, which was a pretty big bank. She worked on a, a trading floor. Not exactly the same trading I do, but it's similar in some aspects. She said what I was doing was gambling. This is like a person who's worked on Wall Street. And she said that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, I know there are people who make money off of this. As I've said, they've made money off of this for decades now. Um, it's possible. 
so just find somebody who's making money on this teach yourself it and eventually it will work out whether it's a year from now three years from now or five years from now eventually it's going to work and i mean the one thing that i really like about day trading trading in general or investing options trading etc the scalability is so ridiculous um you know you can only grow a business so fast because not only do you need to increase let's say the inventory to fill all the sales you also need to increase the warehouse size to fill all the inventory your workers your workforce <laughs> workers workforce and all of that i mean i could go on and on about the list of that kind of shit yeah exactly it's when it comes to growing businesses it's very multi-dimensional but right. i mean with investing it's like the investing is the same it's just a matter of how much money do you have in your account right i mean it's essentially have. you you're not too concerned with what everybody else in the company is doing trying yes. to hire new people trying to promote mm -hmm. people trying to lay people off that suck at what they're doing like hiring new people like all of it is just you yeah so there's a lot less overhead that you're concerned with precisely either you're good at trading or you fucking suck dick at trading and you're lining those greedy wall street bankers pockets right now for sure so one of the things that you and i have kind of debated in the last few weeks since i've been home is like where you want to move to obviously we've decided that this is not where we want to be there's not a lot going on up here unfortunately anymore uh one would argue that maybe 20 years ago this could have been a decent place to be as far as your career path like honestly like as far as growing up it's been a pretty it's been a pretty good place like especially in high school like kept ourselves out of trouble. Like there's not a lot to get involved with um, that could be like lead you down the wrong path. But when you get to a point to where you're trying to pursue like something greater than that, there's not a lot of opportunities here for us. Very small population, you know, a lot of businesses closing down even before COVID. Um, so we've kind of had this debate, especially since I know where I'm going to be, you know, starting this summer, um, where you're going to end up. Um, so what are you thinking? Um, and, you know, I think you should move to Nashville. I mean, this would be a lot of fun. But, but what are you thinking right now would be the most ideal situation for you? Like the most likely situation that you end up in? I mean, it's tough because for a while I was telling myself California was probably going to be it. But and now all the odds that would point towards California, aside from the time difference, are pointing against that. Well, I definitely think it would be fun because I have fraternity brothers, past fraternity brothers that live down there. Mm -hmm. um, I know of other traders who live down there, which I mean, I don't know them uh, necessarily. But like on a personal to, basis. But like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, once you're a good trader, you just kind of connect with all the others because right. it's like, all right. The same social circle. Yeah, you all went through the shit and you guys yeah. became successful. Um, and as you said, basically the only reason I'd want to stay would be due to the fact that there's a three hour time difference. So the best session to trade is the, the London session, quote unquote, which in Eastern standard time, which is where we are, it starts at 2 AM uh, and then usually goes till about 5 AM rough. Yeah. Rough to say the least. I've had some pretty fucked up sleep schedules trying to trade that shit and it does not go well. Um, mm. So if I was in California, that would mean I'd be trading from 11 p.m. till about 2 a.m., which I mean, that would be easily manageable. I could actually have somewhat of a normal sleep schedule, but... Somewhat of a normal life. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. But if I go to Nashville, I mean, the second best session to trade is the New York session, which 
in Eastern Standard Time starts at nine o'clock. Uh, Nashville time, it would start at eight o'clock, which I mean, whatever, that wouldn't make a difference, but I still wouldn't be able to trade the best session, the European session slash London session. So right now it's kind of a toss up about that. Um, while I'm still going on Eastern Standard Time currently, I'm trading on the New York session. So I'm gonna to continue to see how, I guess the profits stack up, try to compare it to some past European session data just to see if I'm really missing out. Cause who knows, maybe I'm not actually missing out on that much money and it really wouldn't be that worth it to trade the overnight session. But I don't know at this point, I definitely feel like it would be the best idea. And then eventually, eventually this is long-term um, live in Europe for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cause That'd basically be I would be able to trade both sessions, which would yeah. mean the European session would start at like eight or 9 AM. And I'd just be able to bull throughout that. Profits, profits, profits. Oh goodness gracious. I'm seeing green. That'd be nice. But you know, while you're in California, if you were to make that move, um, everybody's fucking leaving. For a variety of reasons, but one of the things that's so goddamn expensive to live there mm. and to like actually be able to enjoy your money, unless you're fucking loaded, you're an actor, you're A-list Hollywood, you're an athlete, you're like any trader. of that shit. You're forex trader. <laughs> um, but yeah, that like with some of the political shit that's going on, like some people have been persuaded to move away because of that. Um, you know the fucking environment. Well, I mean, not the environment, but the climate. There's, they have fucking wildfires all the goddamn time. Landslides going on right now. Landslides. Fucking. It rains what <clears throat> two times a year? Not actually, but it seems like it. Um, there's just a lot of reasons pointing away from why people should move. Um, and you know, you're starting to see some of these like celebrities moving out of the area too, and they're just like, you know what? It's not worth it at this point. So definitely something for you to, to think about obviously it seems like yes you have your friends there but you guys could be balling out so much more if you took all the money that you're going to make and move somewhere that's not la california just california in general honestly so just something to keep in mind yeah no and we'll be having a great fucking time in nashville oh i know it'll be ridiculous and that's probably it's basically you badgering me about going to nashville well i'm not going to stop so oh, i know and also the the overall condition of California, as you said, mm-hmm. everyone's leaving. The politics are a little wonky. They're I mean, pretty one-sided. Very restrictive, at the least. And yeah, I'm trying to stay non-partisan on this, but they're very, very restrictive. Taxes mm-hmm. are ridiculous. Definitely would not be in my favor in Nashville, Tennessee, no, at least. Anyways, um, there's some little loophole about capital gains, which is more favorable than other states, I believe. <clears throat> So that would at least be in my favor. I mean, wherever I'm going, it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Nashville, people don't give a fuck. They're open right, right now, dude. Party without mask on. Jeez Louise. I know. It's crazy. It's literally like a whole other world. Yeah. I can't even remember that world at this point. I mean, that was what? It's what? been so long. I mean, we're, ago. yeah. No, like 10 months ago. Holy shit. It was like, well, no, like, no, no, no. Somewhere in that realm. But Too honestly, long. it seems a completely different world. But, um, Let's just take a second and think about what Nashville would be like. Just for a minute. Just for a minute. Let's just think about it. Because like I'm going to get to live it. Mm-hmm. But if you got to live it with me, we'd be living a little better because we could split the, the cost of a place. You know, somewhere close to Broadway, all the bars. I'm hearing a lot of country music. A lot of country music, which isn't a bad thing. Beef jerky. Beef jerky. Cowboy hats. A lot of breweries. A lot of, a lot of uh, moonshine. Absolutely 
gorgeous women. For I can only sure. imagine. I mean, I've never been, but oh, <laughs> I imagine oh. they're better. It's than the number one York. bachelorette, bachelorette city. All the bachelorette parties go there. They fucking do the pedal tours. They go out to all the bars on Broadway. Say less. It's popping. I'm down. But you want to go to California instead, where everybody's moving away from. Hey, there's some pretty good looking women in California too, though. For now. Until they all decide to move too. Yeah, the Californians, they got Hollywood. You know yeah, I mean? because everybody's trying to be fucking some sort of actor or celebrity. Look, I don't know. Believe me, I would not choose California if it wasn't for the uh, the time change. That's basically it. I mean, there's still Las Vegas and, well, Nevada, I guess, and a couple other states, I believe, but I just don't know people. I'm going to at That's least right. know a few people before going to an area. Just we can have that base to start off with. I mean, I only know, partially know, a handful of people down there. And when I say handful, I mean maybe like three, and that's not super well. Nashville? Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But um, we're about halfway through right now. Um, I think we're going to go ahead and pause it, take a little break, and we'll come back and get right back into it. Sound good to you? I need to get more Pringles. So we kind of left off at a point where uh, I think it'd be good to go into you giving some advice um, to people that would be kind of following like a similar path to you, even though you're not quite where you want to be yet. Like, what would you say to people trying to pursue something similar? Um, So first and foremost, I always like to say, find an edge and exploit it. So what that means is whether it be winning a high percentage of trades that award you a little bit or winning a low percentage of trades that win you a lot. Um, There's multiple ways to succeed in day trading, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, Multiple different strategies, stick to one strategy, just go at it for maybe it'll take a year. Maybe it'll take two years. Uh, It took me two years with this specific strategy of mine, but I finally understand it have solid risk management, which basically referring to what I was just talking about, um, combine that with the statistical edge and just exploit it to your benefit. So for instance, uh, when it comes to my day trades, generally speaking, if I have a loss, that'll occur 40% of the time. Um, 60% of the time, I'll have a win. The win will be let's just say 1.5%. The loss when it occurs um, is like 0.5%. So automatically, just due to the uh, asymmetric profit, I guess you could say, I'll be profitable, Mm. you know, because I mean, 60% of the time you're winning anyways, plus you're winning more than you lose. Um, Different people do it different ways. I have another strategy where I lose the majority of the time, but the payout is so big that eventually over time you'll be profitable. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, exactly. Um, so find your own niche, I guess is what I'm saying. Stick mm-hmm. to it, learn it, put in a lot of chart time. I mean, myself last I counted, which was probably about six months ago, I had 2000 hours worth of chart time. So that's basically just, that's me trading. That's me researching, just teaching myself. Um, Eventually you'll pick up on the little nuances, the little differences in the day trades, because I mean, especially when it pertains to day trades, there's a lot of noise that goes on. Just a lot of stuff that you don't need to pay attention to, but some vital things 
vital little things uh, that will make a big difference. Depending on your strategy, those vary, but eventually you'll just get to a point where you recognize it, take the best setups, uh, and you'll profit. And all that I'm talking about, like with the statistical uh, probability, the edge, I mean, it's not just investing. People apply this to sports gambling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, horse yeah. races is another big thing. Um, when people talk about horse races, people always think that they're going to gamble on the best horse, the winning horse, which in reality, if you're trying to be long-term profitable, that's not what you want to do. What you want to do is you want to look at the statistical layout, the probability of every single horse that's racing. Odds are pick the lowest one because the payout is going to be the best. Let's say the payout is 10 to 1. Mm-hmm. Um, there's six horses. So what that means is jumble them up. Odds are the horses are about the same. So one in six times, approximately that horse is going to win. And if you have a one in 10 payout, eventually you're going to win with a profit. You get, you get yeah. like the, eventually your wins are going to out, uh, outweigh your losses. Um, For sure. So as I said, people apply it to sports gambling, etc. Um, okay. And I would say probably the last thing, the most vital thing is, as with day trading, um, as with any profession, whether it be professional sports, even law school or something like that, uh, you just can't give up. I mean, one of the main arguments against me succeeding in this business was it's very risky. Well, what's the risk? Is the risk somehow I'm going to lose more money than in my account than Mm -hmm. that is in my account and they're going to take my house? No, that's not possible. The risk is not many people make it in this business. Why did not many people make it? They just stop trying eventually. They lose hope. Right. So to get rid of the risk, all you have to do is just say like, all right, I'm not going to stop. And whether it be, as I said, three years, five years, even 10 years. I mean, at the end of the day, once you get it in this business, as with many others, the scalability, just you just make oodles of money, ridiculous mm-hmm. amounts. For sure. So kind of what you just were talking about is, um, you know, kind of what you would say to people that, um, you know, would like give you a hard time for all this shit. Like, I know when you first started talking about this, all of us were like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, this is a waste of your time. This isn't going to go anywhere. This isn't going to go anywhere. You know, you should just stop now while you're ahead before you invest all this time in it. And um, you'd be much better off if you did that. So like, what would you say to like all those people that are like, saying you know though this is like a one in a million thing like it's not gonna it can't happen for me if i don't put the time in like it's just a waste at the end of the day it's just a waste well as i said before i mean i kind of expected that Mm -hmm. Uh, i knew that people would object to this because it's just i mean anytime anybody says like i'm gonna start a business and it's gonna succeed i mean i'd imagine there are people with bill gates let's say um who are like no way I mean, he probably didn't expect to become one of the biggest, I guess, billionaire investors of all time, but it happened and people probably still didn't believe that. Um, So it's a typical attribute of becoming an entrepreneur, I guess you could say. And I understood that from an early point. So it didn't really bother me, but simultaneously people who say that it it wouldn't work, it's always kind of like, I hate to say it fuels me. Cause it seems like very cliche, like mm-hmm. I'm in a fucking sports movie or something. I'm like, oh, like 
oh, I'm going to get better. Just like fucking. Yeah. No, fuck that shit. <laughs> but legitimately, it's like in my mind, I'm just thinking like that one moment when I'm actually making a lot of money. And it's just like pr- proving the people wrong. It's it's a very poetic justice, I guess you could say. Yeah. There's definitely something to look forward to. And it does push for you, push you forward a bit. Because especially when it comes to like what I was just talking about, not giving up and sticking to this, mm-hmm. it's not, it's a lot easier said than done. It's not just, you can't just be like, oh, I'm just not going to give up. If it's that easy, everyone would do it. You have to have a lot of things preventing you too, a lot of motivations. Um, and this was definitely one of mine, I would say, would be the, the ability to prove everyone wrong. Um, you just wanted to flex on everybody. Oh my god! I mean, not that, not that much, but definitely some people who were like a bit more pessimistic towards it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, my dad! I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna flip him off. Fuck you, dad! Throw a fucking stink bomb at his house, something. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I mean, it's whatever you can find to push you towards that finish line is always a good thing. Um, Absolutely. And I mean, that's realistically, as I said, that's the only way you can do it. I mean, unless you have a reason to be able to get up every day and work towards this entrepreneurial venture for maybe like eight hours, eight to 12 hours and not get paid for it immediately, um, you're not going to be able to make it. It's as simple as that, I guess. Um, But also the whole idea of a nine to five, as I said, it's very ridiculous to me. Um, I don't think we should be working that many hours a day. I mean, maybe we're used to it and I'm not saying anything about like, you know, economic structure or whatnot, but I definitely just think like we all have the ability not to, it sucks the process of going through it. But at the end of the day, there's a light at the end of the tunnel that is, I would say a lot better than just like slaving away for 40 years. Um, and finally, I would just say, find me in six months, six months. Six months, six months at the latest. That's a very conservative number. I would say the next three months personally, but okay, let's go six months. Why not? I'll probably be around on 2.0 eventually and I can update you. You know, I'll let the people know how you're doing. Of course, of course. So we're getting to a point now to where um, typically we'll be wrapping up. So what I like to try and do here is give, you know, whoever's on the pod a chance to kind of bring whatever topic that they have um towards the end and we can just discuss it bullshit doesn't have to be anything serious it can be serious you know whatever you kind of want to roll with to kind of close out the episode um i'll leave it in your hands so there's definitely a lot of topics that intrigue me there is um um topic capitalism always yeah it always is interesting it's an interesting discussion for me um college experience is never bad but I would say, as I'm an investor, even though I work on the more uh, smaller time frames, I still pay attention to the overall market sentiment. And I would say the overall overall condition of the economy is a very interesting one. And one okay. that is probably going to surprise people because I feel like I'm not. Well, actually, let me just stop there. Without me saying anything, what do you think the economy is going to look like in the next year? Let's just say year. Two years, maybe. So I would say based off of, you know, 
everything that's gone on in the last year, um, a lot of people, including myself at one point, would kind of point towards things have to improve at some point, right? Like drastically on, on a large scale for basically everybody. Um, but the weird thing is, is we've kind of seen that with all the crazy shit that's going on, how, you know, the stock market is not necessarily responding, you know, in accordance with that. Um, you know, what the fucking Dow or was it the Dow or the S&P? I mean, same idea, basically, but mainly. I mean, what am I saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's basically hitting an all time high right now, more or less. Right. And, you know, if you if you take all the things that, that are going on in consideration, it's like, why, why is that the case? Um, you know, something just doesn't add up. So, you know, for me, it's like, once we get a vaccine, once things start to look kind of like back to normal, how they used to be, one would like to think that things are going to go back to normal. But I think there's also this overwhelming sense that uh, it's not necessarily the case. You know, we have a new, you know, presidency getting ready to take office. You know, all the things with the virus, all the things with the um, social injustice issues that we've had over the last year, um, it just doesn't seem to point towards the fact that things are going to clear up that easily. And, um, you know, at this point, I kind of get the sense that as far as the economy is concerned, we might have uh, somewhat more, somewhat more of a significant dip than we do a, um, a, a spike. So it's yeah. kind of where I'm at. And that's kind of some of the research that I've done in the last few weeks, as far as like investing in stocks and some of the conversations that we've kind of had, you know, behind closed doors. So that's, that's kind of my two cents and thoughts of where we're headed. I mean, that's fair. It's certainly fair. Um, There's a lot to, to unravel there, but. Yeah, I guess from a main street perspective, I mean, that's just the average individual may or may not own stock. I mean, things seem halfway decent unless you're a business owner, obviously. Um, yeah. A small business owner that is, hmm. I mean, things are definitely looking pretty grim, but overall, I mean, the stock market is doing tremendously. It's reached new highs within the last three weeks. Um, but you have to consider the fact that we're not fully open. We're working maybe at like max 60%. And that's absolute max. 50%, I would say, is more likely, but probably even less than that, considering a lot of places are only open 50%. Some places yeah. aren't even open. Um, so things don't make sense. And usually when things don't line up, that's a sign of some sort of bubble. I mean, housing prices, for example, were just astronomically high in 2008, um, driven by just an unbelievable amount of speculation, basically. Um, so in the same sense, I mean, why is the stock market so high when it shouldn't be, is basically what I'm saying. But the real issue I believe is not going to come from the stock market. It's more going to be a crisis with the U S dollar. Okay. Um, which on the surface may not seem like a huge deal, but we have to take into consideration that the U S dollar is the world reserve currency, which basically means other countries are confident enough in the U S dollar to basically just hold large amounts of it. Mm -hmm. um, it's basically, the backup, like everybody accepts U.S. dollars, right. more, more or less. Um, so the problem is, it's 
fiat currency. It's not backed by anything, technically. They took it off the gold standard in, I think, 1972, it might be, or something like that, 1971. So now it's basically just a promise. It's like, here, this is basically worth this, but right. there's no actuality to it. Um, so what happens is when there's all this inflation, there's money printing. I mean, we're in a crisis, so I'm not going to justify whether or not we should be having printing stimulus money or whatnot, but the, regardless, we're printing a lot of money. What that does is devalue the currency. I mean, I trade currencies. It's not hard for me to see that the US dollar has been just tanking downward. Mm -hmm. And basically what happens is eventually if that gets bad enough, and you combine that with, with the fact that our debt is like in the trillions, I'm not sure exactly, is it 7 trillion, 10 trillion, some ridiculous number. The fact that it's even in the trillions is not a good sign. Yeah. Um, so we could eventually default on this debt. Um, I believe that's how the Greek currency uh, had a, somewhat of a crash or something like that. Right. Um, but the fact that we're like, we have a reputation, like we're the world reserve currency. So if that happens, I mean, this would bring about a lot of bad things. And people say that the coronavirus crash was basically just a harbinger. It was like a, a little appetizer for what's to come because it kind of showed the fragility of everything. Right. And what did we do? We just made it worse. We printed a boatload of fucking money and we're going to probably do it again. And just, I mean, eventually it's going to happen, whether it's Biden, whether it's Trump, whoever's in office, like eventually our debt's going to continue to grow. And eventually we're not going to be able to pay that debt. Or, I mean, we can't pay it now, but eventually it's going to get to a point where something's going to tip. If the U.S. dollar crashes, not only is the stock market going to crash, bond market's probably going to be in absolute turmoil too. People are going to lose a lot of money. And I mean, this isn't just me speculating. This is a lot of upper level analysts saying this. This could be like a global depression, which whatever that, I mean, we've never experienced it. So we really have no idea, but apparently financially it could be bad. So <laughs> apparently things took a pretty pessimistic turn. I'm not totally sure. I hope I'm wrong, but either way, whether I'm right or wrong, I'm definitely preparing. So it seems like a lot of things are pointing in that direction. Well, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, you can only create so much fucking debt. Well, yeah, because think about it this way. I mean, people don't think about how inflation is the target is 2% a year, right? So in, I guess, practicality sense, that basically means we're losing 2% of our money each year because our currency, our money in our pocket is losing 2% of the value. But this is just getting crazy because they're printing trillions of dollars, right. billions of dollars, whatever. Um, just for these stimulus packages. Yes. And I which mean, are kind of like important to yeah, keep people. <laughs> to an extent, they're useful. Keep people above water. And I'm not an economist and I'm not sure how I would approach the situation. But I, I'm just saying that you can only print so much money before there's an adverse effect. And definitely this next round of unemployment, I don't know if there's a stimulus check, but there's going to be a pretty big, at least buff to the economy if we lock down again it's going to make our situation worse, which at this point we can't escape it. It's inevitable. Yeah. Every 90 years or so, there's a massive crash. Last one was 1929. You add it up. It's high time for something big, but hmm. I don't know. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully people won't lose their pensions, but the <laughs> if they time, haven't already, I don't know. Yeah, seriously. 
fuck pensions anyways. You should just be having your own stock portfolio. Come on, <laughs> watch a YouTube video and learn how to fucking trade stocks. My goodness, it's not that hard. God damn. Well, you heard it first here. Be on the lookout for that little little crash or whatever could potentially happen moving forward. Um, I think that's going to wrap things up unless you have anything else for us. Um, I wouldn't say so to anybody out there who may be listening. It's trying to follow a dream. Don't give up. Take this as a sign. Whatever it may be, whether you're trying to be on fucking America's Funniest Home Videos. Only fans. Only fans twerking for Simon Cowell or being fucking, I don't know, Batman. Eventually, you'll get it. Eventually, you'll get it. It's just the, the rate of progression. Stick to it. There we go. And we'll, we'll have Matt back on in a few weeks, a few months, and uh, see how things are going. We'll do a little check-in. Um, you know, and hopefully, if things go well, we'll have him on a few more times in the in the near future and maybe a few more times in, in the somewhat distant future. But um, thanks again, guys, for all your support. I really appreciate it. Um, if you enjoy what we're putting out here, if you enjoy the content that we're making, um, all I ask is that you follow us on Instagram at this one's for you dot pod. That's this one's for you dot pod. And um, you can really find us anywhere that you stream your podcast, whether that be Spotify, you know, Apple music, iTunes, uh, doesn't really matter. Give us, Give us a follow, leave a review, uh, any kind of support that you can give us really makes a big difference. Bud Light, that'd be huge. Um, Bud Light Seltzer. Bud Light Seltzer would be huge. Um, you know, any, any kind of support or, or anything you can do to kind of help us out, I'd really appreciate it. But in the meantime, guys, um, you know, take care of yourselves and uh, we'll see you in the next one.